and welcome to Pop Culture Crush. I'm your host, Jessica Jones. Thank you so much for tuning into my first episode, which also happens to be launching on my birthday. Yeah, no pressure <laughs> launching a podcast on your birthday. But anyway, a little bit about the show. The show's slogan is Peace, Love, and Pop Culture. And kind of what that means to me is I want this podcast, but also my social media to be a safe place where we can share our honest likes and dislikes without being judged. I think that's such a big thing nowadays. We all have likes and dislikes. That's why I know this sounds corny, but that's why it's an amazing time to be alive right now with entertainment because there are so many options to fit everybody's needs. So why not celebrate that instead of get mad at each other? So you're kind of probably wondering why pop culture in general, instead of coming up with kind of a niche like TV or movies. Well, the thing is, I love pop culture. I love movies, TV, books, music, art, food, theater, et cetera, et cetera. I love all of it. So I wanted to create a podcast where it's kind of like you and I are just sitting down, we're besties, And we're just talking about random stuff. I think sometimes those are the best conversations with friends. So I don't know. I guess I want it to be like we're pop culture besties. So hopefully you'll come along for the ride with me. So the thing you'll hear most often on Pop Culture Crush is my pop five. And pop five is my top five picks of a certain topic. So, for instance, today's is Pop 5 Most Watched Slash Favorite Movies. Do you remember how I literally just talked about not judging people's favorites or dislikes, whichever? Well, one of my most hated questions ever, like since I was young, was what's your favorite movie or your favorite TV show, etc. And I think if you're a huge entertainment fan you'll understand that's a terrible question to ask us because, one, how do you ever narrow it down? I mean, if you see movies and television constantly, like, how do you do that? And and maybe that's not as big of a deal, like, today, but I also think there's thousands more shows on, so I would think it would be worse. Also, I guess for me, I always was scared of being judged, for not having a cool enough favorite movie. And if you're anything like me, you get that. Like, you know, some people would be like Casablanca or Godfather or Schindler's List. And and those are amazing, amazing movies. But those are definitely not my favorite movies. And so I would legit lie. I would lie and I would just say some like really epic movie so people didn't make fun of me for what my real favorite movies were. So this is what we're doing today. To you, my pop culture bestie, I've decided to be fully open, for reals, fully open for the first time and to give you my honest pop five movies. Now, I kind of, instead of going with my top five favorites, I've decided to kind of flip it because I really, I genuinely couldn't decide what my top favorites were. So I went with the movies that I've probably watched more than any other movie and can still quote most of the movie while watching it. So that was kind of my criteria. So maybe think about 
what your criteria is for favorite movies. Mine is most watched. All right. I am nervous (laughs) to give my uh, top five because I've never done this before. So yeah, here we go. Okay. So you might hear a few papers rustling because I did have to take notes. It is my first episode. So bear with me. Number five of pop five most watched movies is the movie Great Balls of Fire. Now, this movie was released in 1989. It's not a super well-known movie, so I'm sure you probably haven't heard of it. And if you have, super kudo points to you. It stars Winona Ryder and Dennis Quaid. And it's weird. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie. It's about the real-life singer Jerry Lee Lewis and how he married his 13-year-old, I want to say second or third cousin, And he did that while his career was really big. And so it almost just ruined his career, his life, everything. Because let's face it, folks, a child bride was frowned upon even in the 50s. (laughs) So that's always not been great. So a little pop fact, I like to throw in some trivia here and there. Winona Ryder actually turned down Julia Roberts' role in Steel Magnolias to do this film. Let that sink in. Steel Magnolias was pretty big. So I wonder if she ever regrets that. I don't know, but it sure helped Julie Roberts' career. Anyway, uh, so why this movie? Well, here's the deal. I'm going to be, again, totally honest with you. I watched this movie when I was around 12, like 12-ish, 13. And first of all, Winona Ryder was my girl, my first favorite actress ever. And it's for a really weird reason she had dark brown hair and that's what I had. And honestly, if you think about like the late 80s, 90s, I don't remember a lot of younger actresses having dark brown hair. So it was kind of like this thing I related to, I kind of globbed onto. Um, Plus she's just an amazing actress. So it was, yeah, it was just kind of, she was my favorite. So I think another reason is because... (laughs) This is, okay, yeah, this is weird. But, um, you know, here I was seeing this 13-year-old girl in this movie who was, like, totally getting the attention and marries, like, this hot older guy. And, yes, I did end up having a crush on Dennis Quaid. I know, I did. Of course I'm going to love the movie. So, I don't know. No judgments, right? Promise? (laughs) Okay, number four... Uh, is Grease. I know. Released 1978, starring Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. A musical about teens in love in the 50s. I don't know what's up with me in movies in the 50s, but I guess I liked them. Uh, Some pop facts. The cast chewed about 100,000 pieces of bubblegum during the shoot. Up to 5,000 pieces a day. That's insane. Is gum even good for you anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on anymore, but that's crazy town. Another thing I kind of want to do with this show every once in a while is give you a little trivia and then give you the answer to the trivia at the end of the show. So I kind of want to get you thinking, get you involved a little bit. Um, I'm a big trivia nerd. So yeah. So this song from the movie was written and recorded after the movie had wrapped. 
The song ended up getting an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song. Was it A, Hopelessly Devoted to You, B, You're the One That I Want, or C, Summer Nights? Now, don't cheat. Don't look it up. I want you to decide. Hopelessly Devoted to You, You're the One That I Want, or Summer Nights? And we'll come back to it at the end of the show, and I'll give you the answer, okay? So why Grease? Honestly, I really think it was the music. I, I couldn't tell you. I've seen it a million times. I would watch it. I would sing along, and I would pretend to be Rizzo. And if you haven't seen the movie, Rizzo's kind of the side character who's crass and can be kind of mean. But then when you watch it, she also has like a heart and... She just doesn't like to be vulnerable, and I I don't know. It just, it gets to me. So that is another movie I can quote pretty much the whole thing and sing every single song. And when I hear the songs, I know exactly what scene they're from. So that was number four. Number three is Tommy Boy. I know, I know, I know. Released 1995, a funny, crazy road trip comedy with Chris Farley and David Spade. Uh, pop fact about the movie. Rob Lowe played the supporting role of Tommy's stepbrother and is uncredited. The reason for this is because Rob was contractually obligated to Stephen King's The Stand at the time. So he took the part simply as a favor for friend Chris Farley, which I always wondered why he was never credited. So that's that was a new one for me. Why I love this movie, because I'm sure you're like, these are the most random ass movies ever, but I can't begin to tell you what a huge Chris Farley fan I am or how important Saturday Night Live was to me growing up. One of the very first TV memories I have is being allowed to stay up at my grandma's house and watch Saturday Night Live. And why Chris Farley was important to me specifically I was this chubby girl in the Midwest watching the show. And honestly, there were not many fat people on television when I was little. Like literally it was Roseanne and that was about it. And so when he was on Saturday Night Live, my favorite show, and he was funny and he was making people laugh, like I couldn't believe it. I thought, here's someone who looks like me who's actually like on Saturday Night Live. It was such an inspiration, and I had such a crush on him. It was stupid, and I admired him so much, and I wanted to be like him. So, of course, when Tommy Boy came out, I watched it over and over and over again because him and Spade together are just freaking hilarious. And honestly, I think if I recall, my VHS tape broke, and I had to get a new one. So I don't know if that was a coincidence or if I just watched it that much. But uh, movie number two, Witches of Eastwick. And it was released in 1987, starring Jack Nicholson, Cher, Susan Sarandon, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Can you freaking believe that star power in that movie? Like, how is this movie not bigger? But I digress. It's based off a book about three single women in a picturesque village having their wishes granted at a cost when a mysterious and flamboyant man arrives in their lives. So basically, they summon this guy, Jack Nicholson, not realizing they have powers, they're witches, until it's too late, and then all hell breaks loose. So, a pop fact. 
Cher was offered the role of Jane, but preferred the part of Alexandra, the role that Susan Sarandon had been hired to play. So Sarandon did not discover that she would be playing Jane until she just showed up on location. Like, how pissed would you be if you're Susan Sarandon and you're like, oh, hey, if you've been preparing for this role, too bad. You have a totally different role. So I do feel a little bad for her, but I do love Cher. Uh, And then I got another trivia question for the end of the show. So are you listening? Okay. What actor was originally cast to play Jack Nicholson's role? Was it Bill Murray, Robin Williams, or Steve Martin? And yes, one of those was originally cast to be the sexy dark stranger that came to town. (laughs) So I'm sure you are absolutely wondering why this movie Uh, Oh, gosh, I have so much to say about this movie. Uh, This movie was the first movie I honestly became obsessed with. And it's because, you know, I was a kid. Like, when I saw this movie, I think I was six or seven. I mean, I was young. And I snuck into the living room while my dad was watching it on HBO. Like, it's ingrained in my mind. I remember the moment I saw this movie for the first time. And I instantly fell in love with Jack Nicholson. I'm not even joking, like straight up hardcore crush at like seven years old. Yeah. And I have owned that. You can ask anybody. I have owned that my whole life that he has been my main dude, my main crush for my whole life, basically. So, oh, actually, like a side note, I did try to meet him one time in L.A., (laughs) but I think talked to his assistant and they wouldn't let me see him so i'm probably sure i came off as like a weird stalker but i digress i would love to meet him someday but anyway i also because of this movie became a super fan of share and i think i might have been the only like seven-year-old that had a share cassette tape maybe not but i do have this picture i would love to find it where i'm holding a Wee herman doll in one hand and a share cassette in the other hand And I would just blast turn back time alone, hanging out in my room like a sad panda. You know, actually, I'll have to do my top share songs sometime and top share movies at some point. Hey, good idea. Uh, Yeah, that was definitely one of the first grown up films I really watched. So that's why it stuck with me. All right, folks. We're to my number one. Oh, yeah, I can't do that. Um, my number one all-time most watched movie, which I don't feel like I'm alone in this probably. I bet there's a lot of people. This one's probably the most mainstream. And it is Dirty Dancing. What, what? Released 1987, starring Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze. A girl goes on a family vacation, meets a bad boy that will change her life forever. So I have a couple pop facts about this movie. Patrick Swayze had to convince Jennifer Grey to be in this film because she had disliked him so much while filming Red Dawn. How can you not love the Swayze dog? Come on, Jennifer. Uh, (laughs) Also, the film's soundtrack started an oldies music revival and demand for the album caught RCA Records by surprise. The Dirty Dancing album spent 18 weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 album sales chart and went platinum 11 times, selling more than 32 million copies worldwide, which I can totally see. I mean, this movie came out 
forever ago, and I still listen to it on a fairly consistent level. Okay, last pop culture trivia question, okay? Which song did Patrick Swayze sing himself on the soundtrack? Was it Hungry Eyes, The Time of My Life, or She's Like the Wind? Now remember that, because after this, we're going to come back to it. And I'll reread them again, so don't worry. So why is this movie, like, why is it my number one? Basically, I can quote every line before it even happens, and I can sing every song, and I know... When I hear a song, exactly what scene it was playing in, I have every, and this is not a joke, I'm dead serious, I have every single edition of Dirty Dancing on VHS, like every special edition, VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. I mean, legit, I have so many, like, things of DVD, or things of Dirty Dancing, it's insane. Uh, I have the cassette, I have multiple CDs, and I pretty much listen to the soundtrack regularly. Patrick Swayze is also one of my other big crushes. I love you, Swayze dog. I love you. Gosh, yeah, he's amazing. I will also have to do a pop five of Patrick Swayze. (laughs) Uh, Now, the movie resonated with me for several reasons. Obviously, the music is amazing. The movie is funny, but also serious. It has a lot of heart. And the big thing is, I think, because I was young when this came out and I saw it, I think, a few years later. You know, as a young girl, you see all of these Hollywood women. And Jennifer Grey was beautiful, but she was more normal looking, if that makes sense, than a lot of the Hollywood actresses during that time. And so it really made a girl like me feel like, oh, wow, you know, maybe I don't have to look like a supermodel to get a guy like Patrick Swayze. Now, you still have to be hot to get Patrick Swayze. But, you know, it gave me hope. And I think people just love a good love story. They love a bad boy. And they just love having that hope. So, so yeah. So, that's my uh, that's my top five. My pop five. What, what do you think? What are yours? I, I would love to hear yours. Uh, just a side note. All the trivia that's provided, uh, it's by Internet Movie Database. Love them. But also, if it's wrong, blame them. Don't blame me. <laughs> All right, so we are going to give the trivia questions I am here. So, four, we're going to go back to Greece. This song was written and recorded after the movie had wrapped. The song ended up getting an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song. Was it Hopelessly Devoted to You, You're the One That I Want, or Summer Nights? Okay, do you got it? It was hopelessly devoted to you. So congrats if you got it. Trivia two, which is a V-Stwick. What actor was originally cast to play Jack Nicholson's role? Was it Bill Murray, Robin Williams, or Steve Martin? Which one of these comedy geniuses do you think it was? You got it? It was Bill Murray. Can you believe that? That's that's kind of crazy to me. I guess people thought he was sexy back in the day. I don't know. <laughs> my my husband Coco is sitting over here and he is shaking his head. <laughs> you never know. Everybody has their preferences, babe. So last one. 
Which song did Patrick Swayze sing himself on the soundtrack? Was it Hungry Eyes, The Time of My Life, or She's Like the Wind? Any ideas? It was She's Like the Wind. So there we have it. There's the trivia. I made it through my first podcast. What did you think? What are your top five most watched favorite movies? I would love to hear them. You should go over to my social media and share your com like in the comments. Just let me know what are your top five. Yeah. Also, you know what? You should come be my friend on social media. I am probably going to be on all the social medias, but Instagram will be kind of the main one I focus on. Uh, And there'll be lots of extra content on there, like polls and games. And actually, every Friday, I will uh, have a pop culture crush of the week on my stories. So, yeah, it's where I'll tell you the stuff I'm crushing on or obsessing over or just excited about. So you should come on over there. This week, I will be coming out with an episode every day, just so you, my new pop culture bestie, can get to know me. So until then, be sure to like and subscribe and, you know, all that good stuff. I'm all the places as Pop Culture Crush. So just honestly, just look for the little pink TV. It's, a, it's pink with a black TV and a heart. If you find that, that's me. So, um, okay, I'm out. Catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>